Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There is only one appropriate word to describe Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens' impromptu match on Raw last night. Showing. Just before we went live, Ollie said to me, don't worry about the opening line. I've got a bit. Because... Because <laughs> you got an erection. I did, well, no, well, it's Drew McIntyre's sword. Yeah, so I, I get that bit, but what you're saying is that when they did an impromptu match... You got a boner. It was so good. Hold on, hold on. I've got a. Pardon, pardon my lewdness. I got a boner for that. CM Punk. It was such a good match mm-hmm. with such a good promo at the start. Swing. <laughs> boner. But Luke hated it. Uh, oh! 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 Luke that never does not... that to Ollie in is... AEW, does not... he? <laughs> It's harder with Raw now. People like this show. People are going to hate on me now. It's the best show ever. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're not allowed to say anything bad about Raw these days. Three hours is just right. It's baby porridge for this Goldilocks. <laughs> Welcome to the WWE Raw Review. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. Please give us a subscribe. Press the thumbs up button. Leave a comment with your thoughts on Raw if you're watching the on-demand version. And if you're watching live, send in those ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show. But the best way to support us here today is also a way to support yourself incognito. Because the, because like Ollie Davis's boner, the internet is a scary place. And they're trying to steal all of your data and mine it into other things, then sell it off to other people. But you do have the right to get your name and your data. Like that is your name, your date of birth, your address, your siblings, your age, your email gender, address. email address, phone numbers, all of this sort of stuff. You have the right to have those removed from those databases. But oh, Ollie, who's got who's got the time? I'm a busy professional male. I've got live streams to do. I've got raw to review. It's a three hour show. That's three hours every week. I've got to watch this thing. Thankfully, we have Incogni, and Incogni will do it all for you. So what you've got to do is just give them the little access, and they trawl through, and then they just send you little email reports to be like, here are the disputes we've got, here are the disputes we're currently doing, here's where we've already removed you from. This is a true story, and it sounds like I've made it up for marketing purposes, <laughs> but it's not. At the weekend, I got, you know, you can sort of get a weekly email from Incogni. I've had it for about four months now. 
Um, just just updating you on the data brokerages that it's automatically contacted for you, the disputes it's got ongoing on your behalf, and where your personal data has been removed from. And I got it, and it said you have like 40 cases ongoing right now. 12 of those have had, you know, we've won the data back, and here's the other ones. And I just read it, and I went, <laughs> like, you know, like I'm winning. And I gave a little chuckle, and my lady partner said, what's uh, what's what's that on your phone? And I, t I effectively sold her incognito <laughs> in my living room to my life partner. Did you not just show... One of our plugs for no, it. No, I, I, I did. Like, here's Luke explaining how it works. <laughs> I told her the link. I did the whole. I did the whole ad read. But honestly, I, I think it's a it's a great service, and it's a really important part that not enough people focus on right now. Exactly. Yes. Click the link in the video description down below. The first 100 people to use the promo code WT Podcast will get 20% off, and we are a live broadcast. So you are competing against everyone that is in this live stream at the moment. So get in there now. Yeah, really helps support us as well. Uh, right, so this episode of Raw, we're going to talk about, you know, is this my favourite thing of the last three weeks? This was, hands down, the best thing on not only this show, but yeah, I would say it's the best thing that I've been on the last couple of shows. I thought this whole, aside from the finish, I thought the whole segment was a home run. It was yeah. fantastic. Well, we, well, I think the finish is actually really good, uh, but we'll talk about it in a sec. If we, I'm not counting SummerSlam. I feel like SummerSlam was the... There's no tractors here. Yeah, the send-off to the, the old era. Triple H's NXT Raw starts the day after SummerSlam for me. Yeah. Or two I, days. I, I, I don't know. Did I, did I like Gunther and Nakamura more? Oh, I'm, ju I'm just talking Raw. Oh, just Raw? Um... Yeah, yeah, I think this might be my favourite thing then. Good old Drew. So what happened? Drew McIntyre came out, SmackDown star, because there'd been reports over the weekend that he'd been pulled from house shows because he had a bad back. That's worrying. He's the guy facing Roman at the big pay-per-view in Wales. So he comes out and he says, look, there's been rumours about my injured back. They're true. It's because I've been carrying the weight of 20 men for the last three years. Great line. And this, he said, but when I beat Roman, I'm going to get new fresh matchups with Champa. And the crowd were like, okay. And they went, AJ Styles. And they went, oh, no, we know that one. And they ran off a few more names. And then out came Kevin Owens. I, I could, I'm going to write exactly what I wrote here. So he teases, he teases matches that could happen once he wins the belt, including carrying cross. Owens comes out and I popped. Yeah. Because Owens had an amazing segment last week when he absolutely murderized um, poor old Ezekiel. Good to know that he's okay and he's, and, he's, and he's in a nice little uh, comedy segment there. But I'm just massively into Kevin Owens at the mm. moment because like last week was the biggest hard reset we've had since the Triple H era, which is just like, nope, he's now back to the character I made in NXT. Uh, and he came out and he does the promo he cut. Be like, by the way, guys, this is my new character. And the new character is the old character I had in NXT. It's the character that you all liked, and I've done a load of pants gimmicks since then, but we're going back to the, the gimmick that works for me. Mr. America. <laughs> the new face of America. <laughs> but like, He's had a lot of good gimmicks, but none, none of them have been good as, as Prize. Prize Fighter is like, it's peak Kevin Owens yeah. in WWE. Yeah. And he came out, and he cut this promo on Drew, and then like as he came out, Drew was like, oh, look, oh, here's another name. Mm. that I'd like to have a match with. And I was like, oh, how convenient is that? That you say my name the second that I come out. And he cuts this incredible promo. 
talking about how he is back to being the prize fighter, how he hasn't held a title in WWE for five years. That's mad. That is mad. I assumed he had. Everyone else has. Ricochet has. (laughs) (laughs) And like Dana Brooke has. And you know, basically. You know what? I don't believe him. That he hasn't won a title. I'm sure he's had a US (laughs) title run in five years. But he was like, I'm going to win the US title. I'm going to win the IC title. I'm going to win the tag titles. And then I'm going to win this US, uh, the WWE Universal Championship. Da, 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 da. I'm coming around to all the belts. 24-7 title. And then Drew fires back with an even greater promo. And my thought was, hot damn, this is going to be an incredible program down the line. Mm. And I cannot wait to see them have a match together. What a great segment this is to make me excited to see a match between the two of them over the titles. Because I do think, I'm really starting to lean towards now that Drew's winning the belts in September. And what they're doing is they're setting up all of these <clears throat> chess pieces in place for future title contenders, like Owens, Karrion Cross, etc., etc. Even if they're not, stuff like this helps me buy into the idea that Drew could beat Roman. That's exactly, which, that's, is, which is fascinating. It's almost like the brilliance of the segment, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they announced there was going to be a match. And my first note I was, oh, I smell a DQ finish. Yeah, I wrote the exact same thing. Kevin Owens has just had a character reset. Drew's fighting for the top title at the big pay-per-view in three weeks. So you don't want either of them to lose. And that's exactly what happened. We got a, a DQ finish. So I'm just, uh, I'm pretty sure the US title was the last one, Kevin Owens. July 23rd, 2017, Battleground. It is over five years ago. Is that really? Is that so? I mean, we've been doing this podcast together since like 2017. And I feel like we've reviewed five other title runs that he's had. It was when AJ Styles kept accidentally losing it. (laughs) (laughs) They did those house shows where it's like, well, that's today's news. Kevin Owens accidentally won the belt again. (laughs) Just going through the Intercontinental title. Yep. Great telly. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. no Kevin, yeah. no okay. Kevin. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a two-time champion mm-hmm. in the IC. February fifteenth, twenty sixteen, he last held it. No way! Hot damn. Hot damn. So it really hasn't. So, but yeah, because like Dean Ambrose. This Kevin Owens promo was fantastic. So good. Uh, the what I really liked about it is that first off, this idea that Owens's arc for the next year might be him going for every title and he properly has to i've won the us title now i win the intercontinental title next not that he holds them all at the same time but that he's going through them to build himself up to the to the universal i think we now know who's taken the, the belts off the usos owens and zane yes because this was my other thing o- owens directly referenced zane in the start of his promo because he said this is washington dc it's b- like Six years ago, me and Sammy had that match at Battleground that people are still talking about to this day. Then they're not. But I love that match. One of I, my matches of the year. Do you know what? I would actually, I'd almost agree with Kev here because Battleground 2016 always comes up as an option in Wrestle Talk Extra. Mm-hmm. It never wins for that match, but it's always for that match. Mm. It's a fantastic match. But him saying Sami Zayn and then in the title rundown he he says the tag team titles and I thought yes you please Zayn is currently on the ropes with the bloodline like mm. Jimmy and Jay have had enough of him he's constantly screwing up and stuff so we're leading to a, him being kicked out of the group who's he going to turn to but his best friends Kevin Owens and Triple H and of course yeah exactly and Triple H loves them so like and, and we've been looking to you know 
like looking up and down the tag, who's going to take the belts off of the Usos? This feels like the first legit team who, you know, haven't really been a team in mm. WWE, not for a while, not since they feuded with Shane McMahon all those years ago. Oh, I'm looking to be like, those are legit contenders I could see taking the belts off of the Usos in a, brilliantly, in a brilliant storyline as well. It's a really exciting thing. And then Drew cuts an awesome promo. God dang. Just like immediately back at Owens. Um, I can't even remember what he said. He talked about, like, people would say that I was the chosen one. I was yeah. the chosen oh, one, like, 13 years ago. And then I got fired. And then I had to work my ass off to get back to mm. this one. This isn't just a job to me. This is a dream job. And he got this fabulous promo on Kevin Owens. Like, so I thought, like, man, Owens is fired up here. And I think, like, Owens being on such good form just made Drew be on as good, for, like, if not better. Because I thought, like, man, he's never going to top that Owens promo. And then he did. Because, spoilers, Drew's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a reason why we loved him as WWE champion. And we've, like, you and I kept saying, like, God, he's such a nice guy. So now he's, the, the chains are off because this isn't a Vince McMahon. Drew McIntyre, there's now a Triple H track. Like he's a much more free. He said the word hospital on SmackDown. He is a, he's free as a bird with the incredibly long guitar solo and everything. Mm -hmm. And this was an awesome, awesome promo. And then they had an incredible match. It was a great TV match. Really, like, AEW standards. Uh, but with that... With a terrible finish. With that WWE tweak of... Terrible finish. It's, it's a bit of a different pacing. So, okay. It's an incredible match. All the Owens usual spots. Drew McIntyre had a great comeback. He's about to win with the Claymore. But then the Usos run in and they attack Drew. Drew fights it. So it's a DQ. Drew wins. Drew throws them out. Owen stunners him. And then he says to the Usos, tell Roman he owes me one. That line made the DQ finish okay for me. Uh, well, here's, here's where I would disagree. I'll, I'll, I'll disagree on, on two parts to it. But I'll, I'll address that bit first. Drew then just stands tall. Yes, yeah, that that's not ideal. Then yeah, the Usos so like, should keep beating them down. Like, Sean made this point on the Fightful post-show where he was just like, oh, the Usos got incredible heat by mm. causing the DQ. And I was like, yeah, but then Drew just beat them up, so that heat achieves nothing. Because Drew just... And, I, and I've already seen Drew stand tall over them. I watched SmackDown three days ago where they did borderline the same thing. So I, I didn't like that. But like the, the DQ finish for me, what I hated about it was... The, I, I want to be excited about Raw, and I am excited about Raw. I've been I've been so excited since the Triple H era took over. I watched the first episode we did of the the Blackpool Content Club uh, Wrestle Podcast. It's just me, Tempest, and Peter about like how exciting Raw is and all the great things the Triple H is doing. But it will always be WWE, and this to me here is just that no Triple H thinks that just doing a DQ finish for a match that you don't want either guy to lose is an acceptable way to end a match because he also did it two weeks ago with Bianca Belair and Io Sky. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, granted, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to bat and defending this. Now, you, I'm not going to disagree with you on that sense. If you think it's a great thing, grand. I'm just putting across my, my thoughts on this. I don't think that Triple H booked this down because he thought it made sense for the storyline. He did it because it's the easy way out of not having to pin either guy. He wanted to have a great match, I think. Yeah. And I, I really think they went out there and delivered on that. But he didn't want either. He booked, in so doing, he booked himself into the corner. He did it. He Vince McMahon did. Um, I, I don't mind DQs when they further the story. 
I love AEW that they use them sparingly. I mean, it's like one ever. Maybe they've two. Had, they've had like two or three, I think. But in three years, that's incredible. Uh, We've d- had three in three weeks. WWE is a different thing for me. Uh, I was brought, you know, I was brought up on DQ, DQ, DQ. Someone would always run in and beat them up, and it would like add more heat to the story. And maybe it is just I'm excited, and Triple H can do no wrong. But right now. This felt totally okay for me because it was KO, the prize fighter, valuing his long-term strategy over what's happening right now. It felt like he was in cahoots with the Usos. It felt like he was he was saying, "Yeah, if you know, I've got this match against Drew, that's one bet I've laid for the future where I could be facing him as champion." Or, hey, Roman now owes me one. Because he's all about the title. This is the key to Triple H's era of Raw and sort of the era of of WWE that we're currently in. And it's actually very reminiscent of year one and two of AEW, Mm. where we would do shows which had things on it that were pretty questionable and not really great. And people would be like, oh, well, if this were WWE, you'd hate on it. You're like, well, no, because AEW's built up a lot of goodwill that while it doesn't seem good here, later on it will pay off down the line. And I've now come up with my new thing of that, which is if this was Vince McMahon's Raw, we'd hate this segment. Yes. Because there's no, like, it's just, there's no direction to it. But because Triple H has built up a lot of goodwill over the last few weeks, fans, I think, are now watching this and being like, oh, I don't think this is just a way to back out. I think there is a a long term strategy for this. I'm (laughs) only saying is because we had the two DQs on Raw two weeks ago that were done because he didn't want anyone to lose. That was a bad DQ. And then we've got this one here. I just feel like he thinks this is an acceptable way to end a match. That he's Because the second this match started, I wrote, well, it's DQ finish. Mm. And then I was proven right. So I'm like, well, why did I get invested in the match then? But you did. Well, that's how good the, the workers are. But then I get more <laughs> frustrated. I literally screamed my TV, oh, F off, when yeah. the Usos got in. My child was in the room. I had to apologize to her using bad language and she literally jumped because i screamed i was like oh f off because Mm. i knew this was coming and i was annoyed at myself for getting invested in this when i knew it was going to be a a lame finish so that i i that is all i'm bringing to the table here maybe this is some big like big long thing but if this was a vince mcmahon raw we'd be sat here being like that was a terrible finish this company doesn't know what they're doing but with a different guy in charge we are now giving it a free pass and i'm i'm just putting that on the table I, I look. I criticised um, the EO Sky not winning over Bailey. I thought that was a lame. Bianca Belair. Sorry, yeah, Bianca Belair. I thought that was a lame finish because you didn't want to pin your champion and you didn't want to pin the yeah. new. And that's exactly what happened here. You didn't want to pin the number one contender. Didn't want to pin your new character. But I thought EO Sky could have. De- that the argument was EO Sky could have definitely won because Bianca Belair never loses. Bailey could have cheated to help EO win, and it puts EO over huge in her first singles match. Um, I don't think anyone is damaged coming out of that. Here, I really do think Owens is, you know, and I didn't like that women's match. And it's not just because they're women. <laughs> the this match here, I I really do think Owens's character angle at the end makes it an acceptable finish but then drew stands tall which kind of undoes a lot of it. that that but i don't i think is non-optimal yeah so but the, 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 the dq so it's, it's, it's itself com- it's compounding things it's things on top of things 
and I think which is why the, the whole doesn't work. Mm. Despite the fact that the promo was best promos on the show, the yeah. match, best match on the show. But I think the finish is a larger thing. And maybe it's something and nothing. Maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill. I don't know. But when I was just looking at everyone was praising this DQ finish, I was like, am I the only one that's mm. like sort of sees a different angle to this? I was I, that that's welcome to my world of <laughs> AEW four months ago. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, let's see what the uh, Ultra Chats have to say. First off, thank you to DX Solo, who has gifted member status to 20 members of the community in the chat there. DX, oh, what an, an all-time great guy. He continues to be, like, the, the Santa. <clears throat> Not the Danta. Danta yeah. Claus is taken by Mayor of Painesville, Dan. <gasps> we, we came up with this earlier by accident. 
secret what was it called oh secret summer santa and we came we came up with secret like we wanted to do secret santa bit in summer and then adam found a way to make that into SummerSlam. It, it, it didn't really work oh i i strongly disagree <laughs> says he of the blackpool content club <laughs> thank you so much dx solar that's so Incredible. kind of you and uh yeah everyone enjoy your exclusive emojis uh, Charles Berg says, I don't care how the match finished. The, mo- the most important thing is what Drew said prior to the match. We are wrestlers in a wrestling ring. So let's just freaking wrestle. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I slapped my hand down and said, yeah, with gritted teeth. Jam that jam. Uh, as did I, Charles, which is why I didn't want them to have a match. Because I knew it would have a DQ mm. finish. I'd have actually much rather them just use this segment to build down the line and then we'll have a clean finish there, which is, you know, what a different wrestling company would have done. And the second the match started, I was like, no, I don't know why I'm going to invest in this because it's going to be like, he booked himself into a corner. Be a rough old episode without this match. (laughs) (laughs) You're not allowed to say bad things about Raw, Ollie. Mayor of Painesville, Dan. The actual Danta Claus. Hey, Luke and Ollie. I hope you have a very good day, even though it's super hot. WWE is really changing. You've got so many characters evolving and being booked to push their strengths and hide their weaknesses. Stories and titles get more focus. The prize fighter equals good TV. That is the incredible level of goodwill that people have got towards WWE. Rightly so as well, I want to add, because mm. I think Raw's been great. SmackDown has been so good. Like, I thought the Smash Man episode was great the week before. That was great. I think Raw's been really good. SummerSlam was a really fun show as well. That's... Like I was listening to a post-show review of this, and were like, man, Austin Theory and Dolph Ziggler, what a main event. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And the crowd did not care. Whoa, really? <laughs> like, that's, oh, what I, but that's what I mean. That people are so into the yeah. show at the moment that even pretty crap stuff, people are like, wow, it's amazing. Did you see that Dakota Kai Dana Brooke match? <laughs> Uh, we'll just do this one before we get into the play-by-play of the show because it is linked to our segue DX Solo again, the guy who's gifted everybody Memberg status. Hey guys, I signed up to Incogni. He is great. Looking forward to it. Also, I've watched the last three Raws and two Smackdowns, and to my surprise, they have been better. They have. They have. It's a new era. Case in point, Saturday, I take the kid down. Like, so my wife has a lay-in. Or she's, <laughs> or she's getting unruly now. She's climbing stairs and stuff. You've got to really be brutal. But like my, kid, my, my wife either has a lay-in or she goes out for a run. So I look after the kid in the morning because she's done it all throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Usually I go downstairs, Rampage. Last two weeks, Smackdown first. I didn't even watch Rampage this week. I was like, I'm going to watch Smackdown. And, and then I when did the kids breakfast holy moly times they are a changing but that is a segue into our wonderful sponsor of today's episode incogni indeed yeah protect yourself online because there's bastards out there stealing all your information oh, shake your fist at them virtually with incogni because incogni is a service that will go out to these companies that are buying and selling all of your information your name your gender your sexual orientation all these sorts of things and they get it back because you do have your right to have it removed from those databases and incogni do it for you because they're an excellent service click the link in the video description down below the first 100 people to use the promo code wt podcast will get 20 percent off Uh, Right, so this episode of Raw opened with Judgment Day coming out for a promo. It was uh, 
Rhea Ripley had a bit, Finn Balor uh, said the Mysterios aren't here today, and then Damien Priest, I thought, cut a really good promo. Great promo. Such good delivery, and it shows how much he was being saddled with bad scripting before, because he, he you know, he... He overcame a lot of what chants from the crowd, and they just shut up after a while. And he said, next week, Edge, in Toronto, I'm I'm going to retire you, not in a way where you can go and star in network TV shows, in a way where Beth's going to feed you through a tube. I think we are heading to a six-person tag at Clash of the Castle. Like some people were saying it could be Edge Finn. I think we're getting Edge, uh. Reg, and Reg, Beth, Beth Phoenix, right. versus uh, the Judgment Day. Like, this is how good of an opening segment this was in sort of presenting the Judgment Day. Because, like, I think the Judgment Day are quite a lame act and have been presented quite poorly since they kicked Edge out of the group and sort of proved that Edge was right and they're all a bunch of dundads. Mm. But this presentation was so good that when Rhea Ripley came out and said, We run Monday Night Raw, I was like, Well, I, mean, I, think I might Fair believe enough. them, actually. Okay, sorry, Rhea. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Rhea. <laughs> And you know, she's like, like she said, I'm, I'm your pappy now. Essay. <laughs> Great line. That's a Wrestle Talk extra joke coming up for Patreons. We recorded. Where the F is Vicky? We recorded our episode of SummerSlam 05 yesterday, which will be released next Wednesday for our Patreon backers. And it is a lot of us just laughing at Where the F is Vicky and I'm your daddy essay. It's the Dominic custody uh, on a ladder match. Uh, but yeah, I thought, it was, I thought Priest was awesome in this segment really got me hyped up for the match next week yeah i'm looking forward to it the yeah i can't believe i'm looking forward to a raw match for two weeks because it was announced last week i thought this was an effective uh, segment to build on it uh i can't wait for it to happen in the second hour it is um oh yeah it will be the main event of the second hour it's funny isn't it because like priest's promo here was just that like Hey, Edge is, uh, he's a bit rubbish because he's not here. Boo, you know, he's meant to be a babyface. Drew's promo later was like, Roman's not here either because he doesn't like showing up for work. People were like, yeah, boo, that, that <laughs> Roman not showing up for work. And I was like, no, that's the same thing. <laughs> They're both part-timers, but we're cheering one of them. Uh, Ray was there, no Dominic. He attacked them all and Ripley kept on getting in his way. And he was like, I'm not going to hit a woman. And the numbers overcame him. And Finn Balor hit a coup de grace onto a steel chair onto Ray. Ouch. Yes. After that, we got Alexa Bliss and Asuka taking on Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop when about 10 minutes. I thought this was a really decent match. This is the best Dewdrops looked on the main roster. Yeah. Oh, Asuka and Dewdrop. So good. Brilliant. Oh, I thought Not Dewdrop. brilliant, but very good. I thought Dewdrop was superb in this match. I thought this was like really <laughs> good main roster presentation for her. She did an interview with Alex McCarthy saying that she has had a meeting with Triple H talking about possibly getting her proper name mm -hmm. back because in her own words, she didn't really know what the Dewdrop character was. And there was an interesting line in there. I nearly had it as my lead, but she said, a lot of people are looking for changes. And I think that's because a lot of people have just been saddled with bad characters. And now Triple H has got this open door. He's sitting down and be like, well, let's talk about your character. Yeah. And I think that we're seeing, you know, parts of that in this match here. Because this felt like Piper Niffin on the main roster, as opposed to Dewdrop on the main roster. Even for Nikki A.S.H., a bit more serious. Yeah. She was in the superhero outfit, but she wasn't doing all the comedy nonsense. Um, over, although Asuka made do drop tap in the Asuka lock, control came down for a stare down afterwards, but officials got in between them. Uh, yeah, really good match. I just, it just made me more annoyed at last week's match where Brooke and Tamina were, were more competitive against Dakota Sky and EO Sky. You did it again. Than, what did I say? Dakota Sky. Oh, God damn it. 
me and Bailey. They, they were more competitive last week than this match was almost. Well, speaking of, Tamina and Dana Brooke were watching this match backstage, and I was like, I thought to myself, did they advance? Like, are they facing them next week? So it will be the sort of money match, Asuka and Bliss versus Control next week. Yeah. Two matches with multiple weeks of build. Hot damn. Hot damn. Uh, Kevin Patrick interviewed a returning theory, his first appearance since SummerSlam, and Dolph Ziggler uh, walked up and said, that briefcase is meaningful to me, and Theory effectively called him a washed-up has-been, and then they brawled through the ad break. Yeah, I hope the crowd care when they have a match later. <laughs> when Ziggler looked at that briefcase, I was like, man, what a cash-in that was. And I went, <gasps> almost ten years ago. Oh, yeah. That that hit me hard. We were all fandangoing out the wazoo. <laughs> the summer of 2013. <laughs> Miz and Champa next uh, took on Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. This is Triple H's attempt to build a tag division from loads of badly booked singles guys. From nothing. Yeah. Uh, I look. Miz gave Champa a Pokemon card with their faces on before they went out there, and Champa was like, oh, "Thank you," and I'm quite enjoying them together, dude. Since Triple H has taken over this storyline, it's working. Like, he's he's found the magic in this storyline. Had this not been Triple H, it, he, Champa would be Mrs. Lackey. Because that's exactly what he was in all of the lead-up to SummerSlam when it, was a, when it was a Vince McMahon show. Right, yeah. But Triple H loves Champa. So he's looking at this being like, well, okay, what's the story here? Oh, it's that Champa's better than Miz, but Miz is the, the star of the group. And so we can use that to build. Like, Champa's the one that's on the roll at the moment. He's the one, he won his triple threat. He beat AJ Styles, had a competitive match with Bobby Lashley, got the win here. Miz lost at SummerSlam, lost his triple threat, didn't win last week. And it is, we're telling the story of, like, one of these guys is actually the mm. best guy in this group, but the other guy thinks that he is. We wouldn't have had that story four weeks ago. And this story works. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this act now feels like a good thing. This might be... The first time I've enjoyed The Miz doing something <laughs> in this company. Thank you, Tommaso Ciampa. There was a point when they both sat on the ring apron before the ad break, and they both did the sarcastic clapping, packing on the, patting on the back spot that Ciampa does. And I was like, oh no, Ollie, calm down. You like this. <laughs> uh, but this was a really good match, Great I match. thought. Uh, when about 10 minutes, Ali hit this insane dive on Champa, and Champa took this bump, a flip bump, backwards over the announcer's desk. Yeah, it was nuts. The, I thought the, the handspring that Cedric was doing and the low drop kick hit by Tommaso Champa was superb. I okay, I mean, I think this tells you everything you need to know about this match. The three guys that did all the cool stuff was Champa, Cedric, and Mustafa Ali. Miz was there. That's the story. But that's the story, and that's why the match worked really well. Uh, the finish was excellent. Uh, Champa caught Ali's 450 splash with a knee. A Miz rolled out the way. Fairy tale ending. Win. Champa's oh. Champ the one that got the win. Miz was the one that nearly lost the match. <clears throat> Simple and effective storytelling. Now, you might have thought the goofiness of the Vince McMahon era was gone. But somehow, Triple H 
has done a more goofy follow-up to the goofiest thing in the Vince era, but even that works. Yeah, so we had a recap of Owens taking out Ezekiel last week, and then they had this family photo of Ezekiel in the hospital bed surrounded by the rest of his family. So, like, his granddad was there, his dad was there, Elias was there, but crucially, it's Elias, but with the fake beard Elias, Mm. which I thought was a wonderful little touch. And there was this little child there. (laughs) I assume the child is Elrod, but I don't know. Who's Elrod? Elrod was the other brother. Owens challenged Elias, Ezekiel, or Elrod to show up for their Money in the Bank qualifier. Yes. But then we never got that match because Owens went off for a couple of weeks. So I don't know if that is Elrod, or maybe it's the other one that's the next time is Elrod. I've I've looked it up. Yes, Elrod making his on-screen debut. (laughs) Their mother and father, uh, and Ernie Jr., who is Elias's granddad yeah he's and he cut a promo and it is i mean some might say it's just elias in makeup but we actually know that it's it's just his grandfather cutting a promo talking about how ezekiel is going to be out for a long time they're all cut they're all the names are beginning with e uh you've got elias there and then you've also got peter avalon <laughs> <laughs> look at this if we'd have put this in advance we could put this up on the screen but that we haven't look at that guy Peter Avalon. That's Peter Avalon. That's not that's not an Elias. Are we saying w, AEW star jumps <laughs> to WWE? Um, yes, it was so good that I did not mind that it totally undermines the powerbomb spot that Owens did last week. That's how well this worked. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think it massively undermines it because Owens is still a serious character. No, no, it totally undermines it. No, it's not. He's out for, like, forever. He hit, he hurt a comedy character, and a comedy character has continued to do comedy. But we all know that that is actually Elias. But no, we don't, because it's not. No, okay, so you've, you've not been around for a little while on Raw. They categorically proved that Elias and Ezekiel are different people. Okay. So he, it's not Elias in makeup. That is his grandfather. Okay. <laughs> Well, it was very good, regardless. <laughs> then we got the Drew Owens match, which we've already covered. Crucially, like, just, sorry, not crucially, but when Drew was walking past, there was security putting out a fire. Mm. Foreshadowing. Seth Rollins uh, came out to watch Riddle's interview from In the Ring. Uh, Riddle was sort of via a live feed on the Tidentron, and he said, I'm medically cleared, and Seth gloated about being two, three steps ahead all the time. You know, you could see this coming a mile away, but it was done very well. And it makes a refreshing change, because I like my baby faces to be smart sometimes. Yeah, it turns out the Riddle was the one that was ahead of Ronald, because Ronald thought that he was in his mum's basement, and Riddle's like, actually, I'm in DC. And he went down, and it didn't work out well from at first, because Seth stood tall for a little mm. bit, but then Riddle chased him off. Credit to Riddle for running in those flip-flops. <laughs> kind of been comfy. I, yeah, I think the only way to make this better would have just been Riddle properly beat Seth up, and then Seth ran like a coward. But it was actually, Seth got most of the oh, beat yeah, down. yeah, yeah. The story, Seth is better than Riddle. Yeah. But they're having a match at uh, Clash of the Castle. I do think, I love Riddle. Um, and I like this direction for him, but I do think, because he was so hot when he was going against Reigns, that loss has harmed him. He is he is not even half as over now as he was back then. So that's that's unfortunate. They'll have to rebuild it. Yeah. 
Uh, US title video package, hyping up AJ and Lashley. Loving, really good treatment. Loving these video packages. Uh, Riddle then said that he'll challenge Rollins at Clash in the Castle. Yeah. Um, are we? What are you doing for Clash of the Castle? Uh, I think I'm hanging it out with you and with loads of the SWAF nation. Indeed, yeah, because we are doing a Clash of the Castle party. If you haven't got your ticket already, click the link in the video description down below because tickets are going fast. In fact, there's only around like 20 or so tickets left yeah. for the event. So if you haven't got your ticket yet... I'd, I'd get on it pretty sharpish. Well, we're going to sell out. We are actually going to. I think we are. We're probably going to sell this event out. Yeah. Uh, Veer Mahan then made his first appearance at the Triple H era and took on a jobber called Bo Killer. Keller. Uh, Keller kept dodging Veer, but as soon as Veer got hold of him, he squashed him. Really made him tap in the cervical clutch. Can I take you back? Okay, Triple H has taken over Raw now. Mm -hmm. Let's take you back to when Triple H first took over NXT. Do you remember one of the first big long-term stories that he did during the early days of TakeOver? When Baron Corbin was winning all of his matches. And Bull Dempsey. And Bull Dempsey was winning all of his matches. And then we built Bull. to Baron Corbin Bull. versus Bull Dempsey. Who won a squash match last week? Amos. Who won a squash match this week? Veer. I think we're building to a Moss versus Veer in a battle of the undefeated single streaks. I wouldn't mind that. Oh, I mean, I mean, I would. Because I think it would be terrible. But yeah, I, but, I, but I, they'll I, be big boys. I hope that Veer's the one that wins. Yeah. Veer's way better. Oh, yeah. Luscious hair. Uh, we got Dakota Kai backstage doing an interview. Uh, she was talking up her first singles match. And then she spies Dana Brooke, her opponent, awkwardly just hanging out near them. And she goes over and, you know, Kai's very good. And then Dakota Kai, sorry, Dana Brooke just says, I'm ready 24-7. And I just thought, you are a different person. Because in NXT, everyone else has reverted to, like, the the good version of what they were before they were called up to the main roster. Dana Brooke was a great bully heel promo. Wonderful. Her and Emma, what an act together. And she even had, like, a little something in the ring as well, I thought. But she just got this line. I was like, this is so robotic. Well, it's because it's not the original Dana Brooke. Yes. Like, well, I, th I think we've proven that at this mm. point. I'm for I think this is the fourth Dana Brooke since, the since NXT. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not as into this Dana Brooke as I was the one four Brooks, uh, Brooks ago. Four Brooks ago. Uh, Bobby Lashley then took on AJ Styles in somehow a first ever meeting in WWE. I went, I thought this had to have happened in TNA. It didn't. That's amazing. That's amazing. They didn't cross over. I, well, I went to Bobby Lashley's Wikipedia page and I searched for AJ Styles and the first mention of AJ were in WWE. Mm. Well, you know, a nice thing to stumble upon if you've got it. Of course, Styles got to the number one contender final against Champery, lost it, rewarded with a title shot. But I don't mind. Which is what happens when you lose <laughs> number one contendership matches. Yeah, that's consistent in WWE <laughs> law. Uh, I think this, this is right. This is a conspiracy. This was a good match. Yeah, it was, yeah. The crowd didn't think so, but yes, it was a good match on paper. Uh, Miz and Champa, I, I think when I've soured on it a bit since I wrote my review, just because re recalling it, it went on for a while. So I put it to you that the DQ finish took the wind out of the sails of this crowd. Yeah, potentially. Because they weren't hot. They were hot for Rollins and Riddle, because they're stars. But everything else... 
popping for entrances, pop for finishes, dead for everything else. I think, I think probably, yeah, 90% of the reason. But I also think sometimes when you see a match that is quite obviously the main event of the card you've gone to the show for, two thirds of the way into the show, you're like, okay, well, that's not how it's done. There's this, another, there's, there's no title hour. change. There's another, there's another hour. hour. Yeah. And it does sap your energy. You and I have been to Raw tapings before where you have gone, oh my God, there's another hour left mm. of this. So I, yeah, I think Raw, we'll get onto that at the end, but the Raw pacing issues and just overall duration has weirdly become more of a problem. Now it's better. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but this match, the only thing to note other than Lashley retaining and a bunch of near falls near the end. Fellow like the crowd were like, actively groaning at the near falls though <laughs> they're like, oh, all right just end already yeah. like they were they felt like they had got very tired of this match because it was a long match mm. but because the crowd was so dead for it it made the match feel longer i think on paper this makes total sense bobby lashley has sort of been this super over baby face with the title putting on the great title defenses it's the main tv championship this u.s belt uh I hope that they learn from this, though, and just tweak it a bit. Yeah. Because it, it obviously got a bit repetitive. But also looking at the positives here, two weeks, three weeks on the bounce that the US title has mm. been positioned as a very important belt. Similarly, on SmackDown, the IC belt has been positioned yeah. as a very important belt. These are the things that we were asking Vince to do for a decade. Just being like, just elevate mm. these titles and make them feel important. And Triple H has done it in a handful of weeks. The other thing to note here is Miz and Champa came down to ringside, which is fine because they're kind of feuding with both AJ and Bobby. That's been a thing for the last month or so. And Champa distracts the referee. Miz is going to hit AJ at ringside. But before he gets a chance to actually interfere, a guy jumps over the barricade. It's Dexter Loomis. And a load of security tackle him to the ground. And the show cuts to black and then to commercial really quickly. Really, really well presented. Yeah. I liked last yeah. week where they weren't putting any focus on it. I thought I was then surprised when they came back. Jimmy Smith dropped him by name. Yeah, and it's... said Dexter Loomis was trying to make a name for himself. And then Corey Graves expertly was like, "No, no, no! Don't give that person the, the don't even say his name." I thought that you just. It's amazing how one line can actually take the air out of everything. I was fully expecting them to completely ignore it, just come back and be like, we're in the middle of an amazing US title match, everyone. During the commercial break, this happened. Not even mention the that, Loomis That's stuff. exactly it, yeah. Yes, that's, it just felt like any other fake wrestling angle when the, the main selling point of this angle is it is real. Um, yes, that's it. Uh, Brooke, Dana Brooke took on Dakota Kai. The crowd were dead. Uh, and Kai won, begging the question, why did they also not just squash Brooke and Tamina last week? Also, why isn't Dakota Kai now the 24-7 champion? Yeah. It's a non-title match, but, like, it's a title that switches hands. I mean, it's just because of basically they're like, that title's crap and I don't want it. So just get rid of the belt then. All the 24-7 title stuff has been dropped, yeah. apart from the physical belt. Uh, my favourite thing about this match, though, was Byron Saxton trying to claim that uh, Dana Brooke was the veteran of this <laughs> of this scenario. And Corey Graves went mental at him. And like, Are you trying to tell me that she's got more in-ring experience than Io Shirai? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who? Sorry, Io, Io Sky. 
after that, we got our real main event. <coughs> Sat up earlier in that backstage segment. Theory versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, the crowd did not get into this. It was, you know, it was a fine match, but it went 15 minutes. Dolph Ziggler, as much as I love the guy, is has just not been positioned to the level. You know, everyone else, like, they can just do a small tweak, reset, I'm into them again. Dolph requires a lot more work. And to be honest, I can't see it ever happening. It's just too long the stinker's been there. There's better people to put that effort into. Yeah. And I I mean that as, like, as no disrespect to Ziggler, but I think there are better prospects to put that time and effort into amongst their crop of talent than a guy who's been there for 15-plus years who is a dead duck at this point through no fault of his own well you know he could have gone he could have left he could have gone elsewhere so partly his fault he did he went to do comedy yes and it really influenced how he really changed his style afterwards Mm -hmm. I, i don't even buy him as like the veteran no so yeah this didn't really work for me theory it was wrestled very competently though theory like laid in some stiff strikes i think he had to yeah he was trying to the crowd were dead and I was like, this match is going to die a death. This is what happened with um, <coughs> Dolph and Chad a few weeks back. Like The crowd just aren't buying into it, and the crowd were just completely silent for this, except for entrances and the finish. They pop for, the, they pop for people doing their finishes, and then when a finish happened, and like this was dragging, and this crowd were done and wanted to go home. They went to an ad break, they came back, and Austin Theory had Dolph Ziggler in a rest hold. And I was like, this cr- poor crowd who actually had to watch that rest hold for four minutes. And then Theory won. Yeah. And that was it. No sudden Dexter Loomis in the crowd. No other stars. So this was, you know, the first Triple H show where no one returned, right? Uh, There was a Raw two weeks ago where no one returned. The first Raw. But that was the first Raw. Mm. Did no one return? We've had, um, we, uh, yes, we had... It, the, the order goes, Karrion Cross and Scarlett well, Bordeaux. It was... Dakota Kai at SummerSlam. Yeah. Then on Raw, I think it was just them showing up. Well, that kind of counts. Which, which kind of counts. Then it was Karrion Cross on SmackDown. Then it was Dexter Loomis on Raw last week. And then Hit Row on SmackDown last week. Yeah. So this is the first Raw, if you want to include Dakota Kai in the other which one. Which I do. Which you want to, is the first Raw where no one did a return. Yeah. So this was like, this was Raw settling into its average pattern. And it is just so much better than the average of the previous regime. Like, so much more enjoyable. Weirdly, now it's been reset, though, the third hour is a a major glaring problem again. I forgot that it was a thing because it was just, I'm going to watch Raw, it's all nonsense, nothing matters, and it's three hours long. But now it's like, oh, well... It feels like everything started again. But they are not dealing with this third hour well. To the extent where you can see them on purposely planning a two-hour show because they know people won't... They'll tune out after the third hour. The third hour is consistently the lowest rated hour. So they're putting their main events at the end of the second hour, as we got with Lashley and Styles here. Done last week. Done last week as well. So the th- the final hour is is nothing. It almost makes me think reformat the show. Have the second have the third hour. I'm not saying bring back After the, Dark or yeah, whatever yeah, it was turn called. Turn the lights down and everything. Or Raw Underground, but maybe have like more of a 
you know, a, a, pr a talking smack style show with a different kind of match because this oh, three hour, it's it's a noose. Yeah, Triple H can overcome a lot of things. He can overcome a, de a dead tag team division. He can overcome US and IC title being treated like crap for the last 10 years. He can overcome main roster destruction of his NXT creations. He cannot overcome a third hour of Raw. Because mm. it's not, it's too long for a wrestling show. And it's been that way since they started doing it a decade ago. It's no one has ever enjoyed the third hour of Raw. Not the people watching it, not the people making it. <laughs> and Triple H, your noose is the perfect way to put it. He's stuck with it. And I think, well, he has to, contractually. He's contractually, he's stuck with it. Maybe the hope is he can, when they renegotiate USA, be like, look, just let us go back to two hours. We're going to lose money on that, but we are going to have a better product for it. And that ultimately is more important and a long-term money-making game. But it's whether USA want to go for it, because USA get a lot of advertising in that third hour of Raw, because Raw is one of the most consistently... They'll be like, no, we need that third hour because the advertisers love it. I don't know if WWE as a business would go for that. Triple H is, you know, an important guy, but he's not the Vince McMahon guy who makes all the decisions. That's Stephanie and... He's in charge of creative. That's what we were talking about with, you know, would they ever <clears throat> drop the Saudi deal? Mm. It's like, oh, I don't know. It makes them a lot of money. Um, so overall, I gave this 70%. But I... You know, probably 65%. But what a match with Owens and McIntyre. Yeah, I'd have said a three out of five show. A, a perfectly bang yeah, average. Like this, this, this is where our standards of Raw should be, which is really, really good to our show with a naff third hour. Like, that's always going to be a problem. But wrestling was really good. Lots of storylines. Storylines were furthered. St things mattered on this show. And it's set up for a show next week that I'm excited for. Great. Thumbs up. Maybe even turn the, the first hour into something else. Like you used to have with the Cruiserweights. I don't know. Um, yes, very excited for next week's show. Mm. Can't wait for Edge Priest. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, before we get into our Ultra Chats, let's say a very big thank you to our wonderful pledge hammers on patreon 25 dollars a month or more will get you a shout out and a wrestling nickname on this very show the heir to the throne kate ayers up and above keith below the knight rider kit always leave the crowd wanting brian moore le maire amand links the sun pick him up loot sponge too lot to handle lottie mcculloch manipulating manny Omaria. How do you like them apples, Marcel Dura? Marcus, he's got soul, Campbell. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class on the 16th of August, 2022, he's got two first names, Matt Howard. We've got our review of SummerSlam 2005 going up next Wednesday and tomorrow for our $10 and above Patreon Pledge Hammers. Wrestle Talk After Dark with an all-star lineup of myself, Adam Blompier, Tempest, and Terry the editor. Terry the editor? Yes. Jill. Oh, fantastic. People loved her on After Dark mm -hmm. uh, and has been heavily requested to come back and she's making another return to this wonderful little format that we do. Let's go through your remaining Ultra Chats. Remember, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get in any last ones, last call. 
Kaplan2144, lapsed fan of years here. You can certainly tell WWE is slowly changing. Backdrops for interviews, intensity in promos, matches trying to be entertaining, stories fleshing out to make sense. Triple H is the change we hoped for so long, and it was the right feel. Interesting, lapsed fan. I wonder how long of a lapsed mm. fan. Oh, years. Let's just say four? Blakely, Blakey, he did it for Demiz and his Pokemon cards. Love you guys. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. You too, Blakey. Mm -hmm. uh, Travis Mangletoe, 12-month member. That's a whole year. Hey, guys. Hope you're good. Who do you think we will see as WrestleMania main eventers under Triple H over the next few years? Jam that jam. Amos. <laughs> Kidding, of course. Fear. Um, Roman. <clears throat> Roman, Drew, Kevin Owens. Edge. Brom Breaker. I think they'll call him up and push him to the moon. Mostly, I don't think many things are going to change yeah. in that aspect. They'll just be better. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't think Champa. I don't think Champa's not going to be WWE champion, but he will always be like a upper mid-card. He will have a featured match at WrestleMania. Cody. Co oh, Cody's absolutely I Cody. keep forgetting he's in the company. <laughs> well, he got to tie his tip back on, but <laughs> eventually he will be a main eventer again. Tails P, say the line, Dolph. Say the line, Dolph. <sighs> It should have been me. Uh, I like the team of the heart and soul of 205 Live versus Miz and Champa. I loved Miz during the clap and patting Champa on the back. Did Fear Mahan get back or did he already have it? Rhea versus Aaliyah soon? Oh, did oh, Veer yes. get Mahan back? No, he's always been Veer Mahan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Veer, Veer was coming, was the thing, but he, as soon as he debuted, he was Veer Mahan. Yeah, I guess Aaliyah could be the, rather than Beth Phoenix. Yeah. I think if I'm putting on a wrestling match, though, I'd probably put a trained wrestler in there as opposed to Aaliyah. It's not the WWE way. J0Fella, six-month six member. So do we rule out now that Sammy and KO are going to tag team anytime soon since KO seems to be a heel again and Sammy may get a face turn soon? But this is a Triple H thing. <clears throat> Triple H has said for years, there are no heels and baby faces. There are characters. He loves a shade of grey. He's an Attitude Era guy. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn could change nothing about their characters and go up against the Usos mm. and would just be the de facto babyface team but would change anything about themselves. Yeah. Uh, Jay Walker, 13-month member. WrestleTalk has been my source for WWE content for the last few years and now WWE is watchable again. Thanks for getting me through the hard times. On that note, let's listen to the Fightful uh, post-show. And uh, someone sent in a, uh, an ultra chat on there saying that um, now that Denise isn't doing a show with us anymore, uh, they've gone exclusively to Fightful to just watch their show and become a subscriber oh. to Fightful Select. And I think that's grand. And then Sean said, that's the great thing about this show is we've outlasted everyone. <laughs> no one's reviewing Raw apart from us anymore. And I'm like, oh, Sean, I think you're fine. Not only are we still reviewing the show, we've been doing it longer than you have, bud. Yeah, we are the OGs. OGs, bud. Well, the, the longest running weekly episodic <laughs> live stream uh so he's, he's all he's there to about like facts in journalism yeah. and stuff well check your facts there sean Rathman, ollie are you still working on your novel or did it die on the vine so to speak uh yes i am it's been a it's been a rough few months just with all like life admin stuff but the aim is to to get back on it i was uh 40,000 words through the, the third draft. Said so it's coming along, but it's a slow process. And I keep writing new things. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I'll, 
I'll let you know when I know. Uh, and finally, Thomas O'Connor. Hey guys, got my ticket for the watch-along party. Due to the strikes, I can't book the train until the week of. But I'm 94% defo going. This will be the first time I've left Liverpool on my own. And I can't wait. Can't wait to meet you all. Jam that jam. Thomas, I cannot wait to meet you either, but I do think leaving Liverpool is a mistake. Uh, <laughs> you should always just stay there. It's better than London. It's not. Um, <laughs> but we will, yeah, we'll, we'll make your London experience a nice, happy one. Thankfully, the station you're going to be pulling into is Liverpool Street. So it's going to be like right at home, really. Yeah. There's just less Beatles everywhere. Yeah. Have you uh, been to Liverpool? Like it is. Yeah, oh yeah. It's almost like they go, do you know the Beatles are from Liverpool? Like every building is trying to remind you of that. And every time I'm like, that's great. <laughs> it doesn't get old. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us here today for episode three of the Triple H era. Uh, please, if you haven't already, go check out Incogni, our sponsor for today's show. It's the best way to help support this episode of the podcast. And they're a great service. Luke and I both use them. Uh, but for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Luke Owen, D-A-D. Jam that jam. Jam that jam, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 